This is the ODG Apparel Podcast. Wait, uh, I'm not understanding. Why does an apparel company have a podcast, though? Because they're that awesome. What's up, guys? Dave with ODG Apparel. We have another long-form podcast coming at you. On this episode, we have Hillary Jane. Um, she basically does everything. She's a singer. She raps a little bit. She does some YouTube videos that are super, super awesome and powerful and point you towards Jesus. And honestly, just has a ton of content that she's pushing out and, and doing for the sake of pushing people towards Jesus. So we really had a blast having her on the podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, guys, it's Dave with ODG Apparel. We have another podcast coming at you. Um, on this episode, we have Hillary Jane. And to be honest with you, I, Hillary Jane, I don't totally know how to describe what it is that you do, but I feel like mm. you do a lot of things. So why don't you tell people <laughs> kind of what you're about? This is uh, the struggle of the century for me, just trying to <laughs> narrow it down. I mean, I'm more widely known as a Christian, like pop, R&B artist. I rap sometimes. Um, but also I'm getting into the space just as I grow as a Christian, I'm wanting to share that with others. So I'm getting in the space of like doing inductive Bible studies online and I'm actually putting stuff together that isn't out yet where that's going to be a bigger piece of what I do. I'm a YouTuber. You can check out my YouTube if you just type in my name Um, and you'll see just talking about godly living and just life stuff. I don't know. I just like I like content. I'm a creative person, so however I can be creative that day, however I'm feeling it. So that's And so what that's I do. probably because that's your thing, because you're creative, that probably feels supernatural to you to just kinda like go for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so, great. But it's hard for other people because everybody wants to know like what's the thing that you do? And I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. I don't wanna just do one <laughs> thing, you know? <laughs> Like I do all of the things, all of the things I do them. So talk, how did you, how do you end up in this space? Like even just the, just the content, I mean, you knowing that you're good at, I mean, again, I'm looking at your YouTube stuff right now and right. And so that you, you post consistently, which is not easy to do either. And so mm. how do you mm-hmm. even get into the YouTube space where you start posting content? I don't think people realize how difficult it is to post content consistently and to do it well. Oh my and goodness. So it's still how did a you struggle. get into that space and, and how, yeah, how did that even happen? Um, how did it happen? That's a good question. That's something I actually haven't thought about for myself. I think I've always just had the gift of gab one. And I've just kind of had a personality where I just want to talk and I want to share opinions, which isn't always a great thing, but it can be used <laughs> to the glory of God, right? So as I grew as a believer, just because the first um, few years of being a believer, I wasn't really learning like scripture and I wasn't really mm. understanding like what is theology and I don't I know Jesus loves me but past that I didn't know much so mm. um when I started learning it I was like people need to know this mm. like my so faith true, is so yeah. much richer I know who God is I'm I am not the same person you know what I mean so I think a lot of just understanding what God says about our life not what we want God to say about our life is imperative to walking this Christian walk. And so I just Mm. thought, I guess I'll share with people. That'll be fun. And so just talking about relationships or whatever it may be, that's fun. Mm. So throw up a camera, put it on the internet. (laughs) So how, how did you talk me through your faith, like your faith journey Mm. that, that Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're even like part of that's all kind of wrapped up into this is like, you're going deeper in your faith and it's like, wow, I need to kind of share this yeah. However I can. So what was, what's your faith journey looking like or looked like, you know, how do you get here faith wise? 
Right. So actually, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm from the Bible Belt where everybody's a Christian. Everybody says, you know, I love Jesus. I go to church on Sunday. And not really everybody's a Christian. Not really everybody is walking out, you know, with living faith. So I was that. I was somebody who grew up as a child knowing all the songs and watch Veggie Tales, Bible Man, <laughs> mm-hmm. all those things. But whenever it got to middle school, high school, especially where I'm from, which is more of a rough side, it really started in middle school where I was just like doing my own thing, living my own life, mm-hmm. saying what I want, doing what I want, treating my parents how I want, all of that. So um, whenever I did get genuinely saved I believe I can't pinpoint a day but I believe I was like 17 18 um I went to a church where the discipleship wasn't right I don't know how to explain it like I technically had an older woman in my life but she was like 19 and so I wasn't really being discipled how to read scripture how to choose God's truth over emotions like all these things that I'm learning now um so I was really I do think I was loving God, but I didn't know how to put away sin. It's, it's one thing to say like, hate your sin and love God and love holiness, but somebody has to teach you how to do that. Somebody Mm -hmm. has to teach you what it means to repent and, you know, why God is greater than our own fleshly desires and all of these things. If you're not growing in getting a bigger, fuller picture of who God is, then your sin is not diminishing. Right? So I'm just kind of being a stagnant Christian, but I do believe I was saved Um, and one day I was just reading scripture and I don't know, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And Mm. I was like, I need more than this. I need more than this. Mm. The, the church I was going to was preaching the Bible, but it was very like you centered or like Mm. end time centered where that's all they really talked about. It wasn't (laughs) like the fullness of scripture. We need all of what God has to tell us. Right. Mm. So I don't know. It was really God leading me and randomly at the same time, me realizing there has to be more him putting people in my life who knew what that more was. So just switching churches, getting people to to disciple me. Um, And this was all happening around 2014, like when my first bit of music came out. And you can totally hear the difference in the content of my music. Not that my old music is bad by any means, but it's more like lovey-dovey Jesus boyfriend jesus mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah that's true i know exactly what you're talking about yeah um so i forgot what the question was <laughs> no I, well the question was just kind of like your journey of faith that right it's obvious that it was more than just like oh i grew up in the church and like just always been living it yeah but that there's been this that there was this kind of like wake up moment for you where you're like this is more than what than what i what i like i want more than this yeah. and, and and even just the way that you were talking about it, like that's so similar to my story of like and I and I feel like it always ends up getting here on the podcast because I'm always talking to people and they tell their story and I can see similarities in my own story. But but just for me, it was grew up in the church, went to college, partied my face off and then woke up and was like, I don't, what is what's the point of all this? Mm-hmm. Like I was a Christian, quote unquote, call me what you could say, you know, people always like, well, when were you saved? Who cares? I, I know it wasn't living for Jesus. And now I and now I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just the idea of man, I love how you talk about it where it's like, I don't know what the moment was, but there was just this wake up thing. And it's like, yeah, like that so much of our stories, like God is orchestrating these events in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we look back and we're like, how did I get here? And for me, it was like that in college, I just woke up and was like, not satisfied. And I was like, there has to be more. Yeah. 
That's and good. sure enough, what did I turn to? I turned to like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. You know, even though I had done it my quote unquote my whole life, it was like when I read it this time, it was like I was really reading it. Mm-hmm. And like as I'm really reading, I'm like, this is so different than what I thought it was. Yes. Like the Jesus I grew up hearing about, like it, just I, I remember reading the New Testament and seeing places where like Jesus was really strong and tough and and a lot different than I had expected him to be like he wasn't that lovey-dovey jesus Mm -hmm. that i expected him to be (laughs) and so like i remember reading passages where it said things like you know the rich young ruler where he runs up to jesus i mean he's running to jesus falling on his knees going i want to i want to go to heaven Mm -hmm. and jesus is basically like dude i don't know if it's in the cards for you man like it's (laughs) like literally like like literally that's the exchange like if you want to paraphrase what happens jesus is like i don't think it's gonna happen and i'm like that jesus is worth my time yeah the Jesus I grew up with, he's kind of like this old guy in the sky that, like, I can convince that I'm okay. Like, I can convince him to let me into heaven. Like, I'll just, like, sell him. And he'll be like, all right, fine, get in. Mm-hmm. But, like, that Jesus is, like, not going to take not gonna take that kind of garbage. And it was, like, kind of like a wake-up call for me. Something that I love about that story, just while we're talking about it, he actually asked Jesus, what do I have to do to get to heaven? And so whenever, uh, I think a lot of people miss that whenever Jesus tells him, go and sell everything you own, he's not saying, if you go and sell everything you own, you'll be good enough to get into heaven. He's trying to prove a point to him, which he does prove Mm -hmm. because the guy walks away. Within yourself, you can't do anything. You can't even, if this was the one thing you could do, you can't even do that. Like, Mm -hmm. I give you this and I open your eyes to it. Like what we're talking about, our eyes were just open to it. And we're like, wow, this is the Jesus I want. But yeah, yeah. that's no, that's, I mean, it's, it's again, I love that you keep, as you talk through your story and this is my encouragement to so many people, like you you talk about the word, like the word being a part of that story Mm -hmm. for you. Right. And it's so important. Like the word in discipleship, that's, that's, it's been on my radar too. It's something we talk about all the time in this podcast. Like, man, those two things are key here, right? Like it's not just, listening to worship songs, Mm, right? Like, mm -hmm. or it's not just going to church. It's not just an emotion that we're all looking for. It's like deep diving and getting to know the God of the universe in his word is huge. It it was really powerful for me. So I love hearing you talk through that because it's so powerful. And and I see it in your content, like you walking through people through the word, like that inductive Bible study. So how did that start happening? Because I think someone taught me inductive Bible study, like someone who was discipling me taught, taught it to me. And I was like blown away. Like now I talk about it all the time. Every Bible study I lead, I'm like talking about it. So what was your introduction to that? And why is that so important to you? And kind of explain to people who are listening what you mean by that inductive Bible study. Definitely. So, um, inductive Bible study is just whenever you take a piece of scripture, I normally only do a little section of like five to 10 verses and you're really going line by line and you're looking at the word. How do you explain an inductive Bible study? You're saying, who is speaking this? Who are they speaking to? Why is it important mm-hmm. for their culture? What are, you know, what are key words that are being um, repeated? What are the actions that are being told to do? What are the actions that are being told not to do? And you're really deeply looking at a scripture more than just you know, you read it and then you walk away and forget well, what it and says. Well, and more than, more, than ju- more than just this verse is saying this to Exactly. Me. It's like, well, it doesn't matter what it's saying to you. Right. Like, what is it saying? Yes. Because it's so easy in our culture yes. to have that mentality of like, I think what it's saying is, it's like, well, is it Something that? that's a great story that goes with that is me and my husband actually um, do young adults groups, 17 to 22, 
um, at our church. Well, we do it in our home on Tuesdays and we were doing young adults group. Maybe it was like three weeks ago. And we we're talking about the parable of the talents and how, you know, mm-hmm. one got the five talents, one got the two talents and one got one talent, blah, blah, blah. So somebody actually said, you know, I think this means to me how like the Lord wants us to use our gifts and our talents for him. And I just paused her for a second, you know, super kind. And I was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that talents in this scripture is actually like a currency. It's talking about an amount of money. And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, a talent here isn't like a gift or a talent, like a singing or a drawing. It's money. And it's talking about them being stewards of what God has given them. And ultimately, it's a parable for how we use our life for God. And she was like, whoa, I never knew that. And so like, mm-hmm. that's just a little example of what it's like whenever we yeah. really look at what scripture is saying, not what we think it's saying. No, it's, it's so true. It's so, it's funny you do it on Tuesday nights. I have a Bible study on Tuesday nights with a, a bunch of young guys. Like it's not just young guys. There's some old guys in there too, but we just straight up. So the way that I refer to inductive Bible study is OIA. That's how it was taught okay. to me. Observation, interpretation, application. Yep. Um, and so I, I was a part of a college ministry called InterVarsity. And I remember when people taught me how to do it, where like I, I made like no notes on my paper. Like I didn't like circle anything. I, didn't, I was like, yeah, I read it. And I was like, yeah, I got it. And then I look at these other people who are like marking their paper up and like underlining things and like circling things. And I like thought, what are they looking at? What are they getting? And now <laughs> 10 years later, I'm like, I could do this all day for the same passage and still yes, keep finding yes. the depth of I was listening to a podcast recently my wife's really into uh jen wilkins podcast Uh, knowing Faith. okay yeah i haven't heard her podcast but jen wilkins is the bomb yeah so she so she's talking through this with the guys that are on the podcast i think the guy's name is jt english and he was talking about how when he was in school he was in class and the first day of class for like bible study for like learning how to study the bible uh, the teacher's like, hey, I'm going to give you a verse. And he like puts the verse on the board. He's like, I want you to find 50 observations mm. about this verse. And they're like, what? 50? So they go home. He's like, I, you know, every all hours of the day, I'm in the library trying to figure it out. As soon as we walk into class and like it's due, we hand it in. He's like, awesome. Now go find another 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his whole point, and they're like, what? Like, and his whole point was like, that's how rich the word of God yeah. is. Like if, if it's really the God of the universe who wrote it, like it's going to be that deep, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's what's so powerful about that inductive Bible study. Stuff. Yes, so I love cool. it. Really, I'm really actually cool. working through, and I don't mind telling people this, it's coming soon, but I'm working through kind of like a video series, but it's also going to have just downloadable like worksheets that I want to teach people how to do that. I think in the beginning, it's going to be a so very powerful. basic version of it. Um, but then I eventually want to, you know, build it up where there's like a level two or a level three, something like that. My heart is really for people who don't even know what that is people who Mm. never thought of it never seen it who i was pretty much two three years ago exactly right so i'm really excited about that i'm hoping that more people so was it a specific person two three years ago was it a specific church so what was it that sort of like started that yeah that kind of journey in, in you um so whenever i moved to california about five years ago i went to one church it was called grace bible and they did they th- is that in LA? No, I live in Bakersfield. So it's oh, like right. an hour and a half out. Sorry. No, it's cool. I have a friend in LA. I think he goes to a church called Grace Bible or something like that. But I'm to- I, I know totally what you're wrong. talking Sorry, about. It's like, the- yeah, there's a lot of graces. Um, yeah. So they were talking about just exegeting versus eisegeting scripture. And that mm-hmm. was the first time I was yep. introduced to that. 
Um, I wasn't so far on the inductive where you're like underlining, circling, and drawing references and all that. But I was learning about exegeting scripture. And that alone changed the way I read read a passage. Mm. But then about a year and a half now, we moved to our current uh, church, which is Crossway Baptist Church. And um, the pastor's wife... Charity, amazing woman. Every new girl that comes to church, no matter her age, no matter how far along in her walk she is, like she takes her and disciples her for like a bit of time or whatever. And she taught me how to do inductive study. The church is, the church does it. So like we have a women's DTW right now. Um, What does DTW stand for? Discipleship tract or something like that. Um, where like the mm-hmm. women get together and we're learning kind of like more seminary level stuff for women. Cause there's not always mm-hmm. a bunch of that stuff out it. there. So the church in general is just really good at like getting together, um, and doing inductive studies. Like the pastor wants the whole church to know how to do it. So we do it a lot. Yeah. It's great. So powerful. That's so cool. That is so awesome to hear that because like, even I'm sure you look back two, three years ago, not having had that. And you're like, my gosh, like it's like how easy it was to ignore yes. reading scripture when you didn't have yes. that tool. Cause you're like, I don't get it. I don't know yes. what I'm doing. And now it's like opened, it's like shining a light on scripture and you're really like, I get it. I'm, I know what I'm reading. Yes. Now. Especially for women. I feel like women, if you are a lady listening to this, listen up. Okay. We are emotional creatures. Like we are much more emotional than men normally. And we let our emotions lead us and it's super easy to fit scripture into what our emotions want it to say whenever Mm. we're not reading scripture this way. And so now like I do when I'm getting ready, like getting my makeup and stuff, I'll just put the Bible up on and I'll just listen to it just so I can get it, you know, in, I don't always have to do inductive study, but if I'm doing alone time, like that's what I'm doing. Cause I just feel like I cannot go back. It's so good. Mm -hmm. No, it's so powerful. So to pivot a hair, you just mentioned like women and men being different and women being, you know, like you said, emotional creatures. And I had mm-hmm. an author on the <laughs> podcast, Jen Oshman, where she was talking about just even a, a response that she had to write because she she has a blog and part of her whole blog is kind of speaking to and speaking against this kind of culture that's built up in the church for women that kind of like mm-hmm. very much plays off the worst parts of our culture and kind of sells this like women being enough thing rather than like resting on Jesus. And so mm-hmm. is that something that you wrestle with in your church with the young adults and how do you navigate that and kind of walk people through? It? I don't know. Is that something that you're seeing and dealing with? Definitely. Um, hmm. Let me think. We, I actually, so for a small time before I had to quit it for the moment, just because it was taking over my life. Um, I had a blog called the confident girl, which I'm going to bring back in a small way, not the same way, (laughs) but, um, I had a friend Haley, um, write a blog for it about how we're not enough, but we're enough in Christ. And it really spoke to that. Let me think about what I'm going to say. Okay. So definitely. It's crazy how I feel like I live in two different worlds. I live, when I'm at church, the majority of even the young girls in my church have good theology. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we always need to preach the truth to ourselves, and we need to, you know, we fall and we let our mind go here, there, and the other. But that's not something that I hear a lot in my church. 
Um, if anything, we're the ones sitting around talking about the article, like, oh my gosh, somebody wrote this. Did you see this? It was so good. Mm. But then whenever I open Instagram or I open Facebook and I'm outside of my theological bubble and I'm just, because something that is important to me is that my online ministry, if that's what you want to call it, um, is for girls that don't just have my kind of theology because that's like where my heart is. So I'm seeing all sorts of even just replies. Like I'll say something super good. Well, sorry, I shouldn't say I say something super good, but (laughs) say something that I think was good, obviously, if I posted it. And then just some of the responses will be those types of like emotional um, responses, just like, oh, yes, because like you are enough, girl. Mm -hmm, Like you never have to be afraid or you never have to... Um, second guess yourself or you never have to question you like you have everything you need but in a way those are true sentences if you're saying them from the perspective and in the light of Christ not in the light of just who we are on our own and it's hard because whenever you want people who don't believe that to understand that um in a way, it's like when you're sharing the gospel with somebody and you have to tell them the whole truth, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, God is good, but we are not. Mm-hmm. And like God's wrath abides on us. But Jesus came, you know, if you believe, but if you don't. And you have to like add the whole of truth course, in yeah. there. It's kind of scary and it's hard and people don't want to hear that. And I think especially when it comes to girls in the mainstream Christian world, girls don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that you're actually not enough without Christ. Um, You're not perfect with enough yourself. God didn't make you perfect just the way you are. And, you know, God isn't pleased with everything that you think, say, and do, and like all of these things. But if you're not, but when you start to talk like that, you're kicked out. Mm -hmm. But those are the people you want to speak to. Yeah. So it's really hard for me trying to find that balance of like not every post can be the jarring truth. Like mm. I need to have the, the well, I won't even say the love because then that's making it sound like yeah, the exactly. other isn't loving, not, which exactly, isn't true. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, you just have to, the fluffy yeah. love. Yeah, I, I got to also add the like mean. emotional love in there and the, I just have to approach it with kindness. And a lot of those things happen more in the DMs actually. Mm-hmm. Like you probably won't see a lot of those heavy conversations happening, like just if you scroll underneath in the caption section. But I really do like to talk to people personally about that. Yeah. It's just hard because the minute you start doing it, people want you to shut up. No, it's true, and it's <laughs> well, it's just this is just the the church world that we're living in right now, where it's like it's just so easy to sell that kind of other stuff. It's so easy to sell the easy stuff mm-hmm. because the world doesn't mind the easy stuff. The the non-Christian world is like we're we're okay with you saying that. We're okay with you saying everyone's enough the way that they are. We're not okay with you saying that they need Jesus and, and they're not enough mm-hmm. on their own. And it's like mm-hmm. it, it's it's a hard balance, right? It's a hard balance because you want to get people to hear your message and to, to uh, you know to get into a place where they're having that conversation with you. Um but it's so it's just yeah, I I think it's so it's so powerful in our day and age, people in your position who have the, the appeal, who have people who are listening and, 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 and following you and, and watching your videos and then to preach the, the gospel, the bold gospel, to use mm-hmm. words like wrath, right? Like that's a word we, mm-hmm. it's dying, right? But people don't say it. Mm. And I, I don't know if you've know the pastor, Paul Washer, 
Um, mm-hmm. But I remember a, a statement he said once where he said, you know, I, I, I want to tell you the scariest news that I can tell you. Like, it's the scariest thing that everyone needs to know. And it's that God is good. And everyone's like, why? Why yep. would you say that? Well, because you're not. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's a terrible, <laughs> that's a terrifying thing to tell someone that God is good because what does a good God do with you? Right. Like, right. And it's like, okay, now the gospel makes sense. Right. It's so, so we have a, so Jen Oshman, who was on the podcast, one of the reasons she was on the podcast is because we were talking through one of the shirts that we made once, which is your best isn't good enough is literally what the shirt says. And people were like freaking out on us for making it. Mm-hmm. But then I see other Christian brands who follow us all the time who say things like literally it's th- their shirt is the opposite. You are enough. It's like, mm-hmm. and I, I want to respond and just like reach out like, hey, help me understand what that shirt's about. Like, help me understand the truth behind that because, I mean, if I'm enough, I don't need Jesus. If I'm enough, yeah. like, what's the point? Like, I, I don't need to pray. I don't need to like seek him. Like, he's got, I'm, I got it. You know, he doesn't have it. And so it's so, what you're saying is so true. It's hard to, to tell people the bad news because they think, yeah. they think if they hear the bad news and believe it, that they're, that they're screwed. And rather than, no, no, Jesus wants to yeah. meet you there and go, but I'm enough, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of it stems too from what the opposite is, is okay, girls particularly, like we want to feel beautiful, we want to feel loved, we want to feel accepted, we want to feel like we matter, we want to feel like we have purpose, just like guys. Um, So if we tell ourselves that we're enough, we're perfectly beautiful inside and out, everything about us is the way it's supposed to be, then we get that feeling, we get that that itch scratched, you know? Mm. But whenever we try to tell girls, well, actually, hold on, let me catch my train of thought. Okay. So, but actually, whenever we tell girls, well, God thinks you're beautiful. God gives you purpose. God, you know, says that he will, um, he created you the way he wanted to create you in his image. And he has this plan for your life. And whenever we try to make it about God being the standard for all of those things, I think it's hard for girls to swallow because I think they have such a low view of God. If their view of God was higher, then it would be enough to say, God made you to look that way because he wanted you to look that way. And no matter your weight or your height or your talent, like God was purposeful when he made you. He knew your name. And that would be enough if God was bigger in their minds. And so I think even starting at a deeper level, you know, that's why scripture going back to an inductive study is so important because we get a big view of God. Yep. No, that's so true. And I love I love that idea of like it's just flipping the script a little bit. Like the focus is on how who God is versus on who mm-hmm. we are. Like it's it's such a game changer. Part of the reason why we struggle uh, I was talking to someone the other day at one of my Bible studies and he was he said to me he said I have I have a hard time forgiving myself. He's like, I think my issue is I have a hard time forgiving myself. I trust that God's forgiven me, but I have a hard time forgiving myself. And I'm like, I don't think that's your problem. I said, I think your problem is the enemy makes you think that you only have these six sins to worry about. And man, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for those, I could forgive myself. It's like, dude, the six sins you think you have times those by one billion, right? <laughs> and you go, I want you, I was like, I know this sounds crazy, but I want you to feel hopeless in yourself mm-hmm. and go, man, forgive myself, forget about that. I have no hope unless someone outside of me, this character in Jesus goes, I'm coming to save you, right? Like it's, yes. it's a totally different ball game that we're working with. It's not about like, he, he kept looking at it like he was just this close. But if it wasn't for these six or seven things that he had done, he could, for, he could be in good standing with God. It's like, no, like yeah. that's the lie of the enemy that man, you were so close. 
but you have this sin rather than like, dude, I'm a million miles away. I need a savior that comes and saves me, you know? And then Jesus forgiving you becomes enough and it becomes right because it's only Jesus' forgiveness that we need anyways. So it's super And then the rest follows. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's a hard (laughs) pill to swallow, but it's, it's, you have to feel that feeling of, wait a second. So you're telling me I have no hope in myself. It's like, yes, but Christ wants to save you. Right. Yeah. Rather than you're hopeless. And he's up there like, dang, man, I don't know what you're going to do now that you're hopeless. It's like, no, that's the point. Christ comes to save the hopeless guy. Like that's this whole story. Right. So yes cool i love this stuff i could talk about it all the time but i, don't I know me just, too yeah so <laughs> what's what's next for you like as far as like it's like you said earlier content's your thing music mm-hmm. like what what's the music side of all of this look like for you oh, like, i'm excited yeah what's that what's that side of this whole thing so i recently like maybe three or four months ago got signed to a record label they're actually doing super good at radio now um i don't know if you listen to christian radio but um, they're number one at radio for like the last 11 weeks and with their artist switch and their song symphony. Okay. Um, so I'm really excited to go to radio next. So I haven't actually put out a song with them yet. All of my music have, has just been more indie. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's really soon. We just shot the music video. Dang. That's awesome. And yeah. So when will that kind of stuff too. be dropping? Like, can we, can we shoot anything out for you? Like when, yeah. when can we tell our people to like, go check it out? So I actually don't even have a date right now. I want to say six to eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's still close enough to like be close enough to this podcast that people will be like all about it. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. And so is that so kind of your passion then? Is that the thing that's you're like, this is what I'm about? Like that music side of it? It's so funny. You th- – I'm almost afraid to answer this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not – music is not my number one passion. I – am very passionate about it and I love it and and I wouldn't trade it for the world but if I could only pick one and it was you can only do Christian music or you can only do which isn't even fully what I'm doing now but it's what I see myself doing in the coming year or two um you can only do this like scripture focused teaching pick one I would definitely pick the teaching but I love the music too, so I'm glad I don't have to pick both. That's good. But yeah, you don't I would have just to. say it used to be my number one passion until, I mean, it's hard with music. You can only express so much. You can only say so much. You can only go so deep, especially like I'm writing for Christian radio. You know, that's a whole other ball game. So yeah. you can only do so much. Yeah. So no, that's, I love that's, it. That's cool. That's super, super cool. And then content wise, when you're producing these Bible studies, what's what's kind of like on the horizon for you there is there like a specific study that you're going through or is it just kind of like the lord's put this on my heart i'm gonna put a video together let's do this um it's kind of a little bit of both so what i'm working on right now is um i want to do i don't know have you read praying the bible who's who wrote that uh what's his name donald whitney or I, I have like I feel like I've heard about it. It sounds super okay. familiar. So it's a super small, tiny book. Um, I actually want to start by doing, one, teaching people how to do inductive study. So two, important. teaching people how and why to pray the scripture. So those are mm. super easy things that even a one-day new believer could learn how to do. Yeah. Um, so I just want to start with like very basic things. And then I also think that I want something that I've dealt with my entire life, but 
you know, others have too, like Spurgeon and stuff. I've just always dealt with like anxiety and depression Hmm. um, on and off for pretty much my entire life, as long as I can remember. Um, So I think I want to, this will take a little longer, but kind of curate something where maybe we look through the Psalms Hmm. at biblically, how do we talk about and how do we act upon our anxiety or our depression or whenever we're feeling like we want to, you know, pull ourselves away from community and things like that. Mm. Because you see David going through a lot of the sadness and the sorrow and the the mm. loathing in the Psalms. So I think that would be a good thing to do. Because a lot of people talk about anxiety and depression and it's great. And there are practical things like get up, you know, take a shower, get ready, mm-hmm. open the windows. But like, let's also talk about how spiritually we can handle this, like with the strength of Christ. And, and I think that's super powerful because... And I, and I might be totally opening up a can of worms and going the total wrong way with this, but you mentioned Spurgeon, right? And I think mm-hmm. so. Spurgeon, if you're not, if they're not aware of people who are not aware of it, is a famous uh, preacher who was famously struggled with with depression a lot of his life, and you know, at certain times of his preaching career, he was known to be literally carried to the stage, like by his elders and deacons, because he was so like n- unwilling and brokenhearted and just depressed, and yet would go to the pulpit and preach like fire. Um, and so for, for the question I, I have for you, I guess, is mm-hmm. do you find these, this kind of anxiety and depression that as you begin to pursue Jesus, like fiercely and with everything and kind of begin to struggle towards that journey of like really seeking Jesus, that there is this sort of like dark night of the soul that oftentimes comes with it at times. Mm-hmm. Like, is that, that almost like a spiritual depression? Do you see that happen in your life? And, and, and is that kind of the stuff you're talking about? Or, because I feel like there's like two, sort in my life, I, there's two of those. There's like the emotion and depression and anxiety that comes up that just is like normal everyday life. And then there's this other mm-hmm. thing that I can't put my finger on, but it, it feels like, I don't know how to explain Does it, Am I making any sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. And the fact like that you can't explain depression. it makes sense because I feel like I can't fully explain it either. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's weird. And this is going to sound like morbid or whatever, but (laughs) I tell my friends and my close friends who know me, who like, we just do life together. They're like, you know, how are you doing now? Or, you know, are you not depressed now? And it's weird in a way. I almost feel like it's a part of me where it's not like, it's like, I'm technically am, but today I'm hoping in God and today I'm pressing into community and today I'm choosing to like serve and be positive. But if I were to just sit for 10 minutes and start to think sad things like the, the day's over, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So totally do. it's like it's always there and it's always mm-hmm. lingering and that's something that I don't know if it's ever going to go away just because it's really been my whole life and I've done all the things like I'm taking massive amounts of vitamins and like all of these things, you know, get your sunlight. Um, But I don't know if it's going to go away. But I know that I can't let it stop me from serving God and loving people and being a part of like local community and things like that. So I think the perfect word you said was like choosing, like you choose Mm -hmm. Christ. Like it's never anything more or less than that. Like it's not like we graduate to a place where like nothing ever bothers me. Like everything is perfect. I have met with Jesus and this is where I'm at. It's like, I think for me, I've always found, like, I really love reading about those 
again, ODG stands for old dead guys. Like I love reading about those old dead guys, yes. the Charles Spurgeons, the, mm-hmm. I mean, A.W. Tozer was, was similar. And just a lot of these strong men and women of the faith who you read their biographies and their stories, you're like, wow, someone who was so close to Jesus and yet so close to darkness at the same time. Like mm-hmm. it was like what Paul says in Romans 7, like I find it a law that when I s- want to seek Jesus, like evil is close at hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I I remember struggling this very strongly after I started following Jesus, like this, this you know, dark night of the soul of like, man, I so badly want Jesus and I feel like I don't have enough of him. Like, I feel like I, I wanted to experience what Moses experienced, what Paul experienced, what, what these stories you read out in the Bible. And like, I would just like seek and seek and seek and seek. And it was like in that, that kind of seeking time where I would like struggle with like, man, anyway, it can go on and on about it. But just the idea of sometimes it's in those darker moments that you meet with Christ in a really special way that it's just not the same as like when you're not going through that. Does that make sense? Yes. I just think there's a lot of power in those. Like it's easy to feel like I never want that darkness to be there. I never want that depression or that, that sadness to be there, but it's in those moments that Christ is really present oftentimes and he meets with he meets with us in those dark kind of suffering times yes and it's like something to almost be thankful for i think exactly whenever i learned about being thankful for try for trials that was a crazy concept to me um until you start to learn you know like what scripture says about it why god uses trials why he allows things to happen this that and the other and then you're like oh so it gives me more of a reason to be thankful. If everything's great and I'm peachy keen all the time, then I'm not really thinking about God has been gracious to me today. Mm. But if I'm That's like, right. it was really hard to get out of bed today, but somehow I'm doing this podcast to talk mm. about God and hopefully somebody who doesn't know God or needs a deeper relationship with him can get that. That's You know, no, then sure. that's a win and yep. thankful yeah. to the Lord. Honestly, even that, on the days, even on the days when you don't record the podcast, when you mm-hmm. don't get out of bed, Christ is good and he cares for us and he's he's and mm-hmm. he's pleased with us because of the work he did. Yes. Like even definitely. on our worst day. Like it doesn't change, right? Like that's the power of the gospel. Yeah. It's actually great. This new song that's coming out, I can't say the name of it, but the <laughs> theme of this song is kind of like after... So my personal story is like after you learn what condemnation is and how we don't, have condemnation in Christ, Romans 8, 1, um, you get to just praise the Lord that he never leaves you. And mm-hmm. I think that's something just to kind of go, I know I can't say much, so it's kind of elusive, but to kind of go with what you're saying, like on the day that I don't get out of bed or on the day where I let it make me frustrated and I like yell at my husband or whatever it may be, I know God isn't going to be like, well, I've put up with your crap for the last time. Exactly. I'm out of here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I love oh, it. Oh, man. That's that's it right there. Like that is the thing that like why I am so passionate about people hearing the whole truth and the people mm. who are like, Dave, why do you always want to talk about wrath and sin and bad things? Like because when you grasp that, it is such a beautiful like Romans 8 1 is so powerful. If you grasp Romans 1 through 7, right? Like when Paul talks about horrible things at the beginning of Romans 1 and what what's God's wrath will be like and yada, yada, yada. And then you get to Romans 8 and you're like this breath of fresh air like Romans mm-hmm. 8 1 therefore mm-hmm. like there is no condemnation or like there can't be condemnation if there was condemnation we'd all like have no hope because we'd all keep sinning and christ would be like oh he'd give up on us but he never does like yeah. that's the beauty of the gospel i love that love it um i'm really looking forward to it so last question and then we'll get let you get go 
it could be really easy to look at you and go, oh my gosh, Hillary Jane just has it all figured out. And she's like <laughs> producing these Bible study <laughs> videos and she's just like a rock star Christian. And so like normal everyday, like what do you love to do that isn't like super spiritual and where mm-hmm. you meet Jesus in it? Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you drive in the car with your husband, go places. And like, how do you meet Jesus there? And like, how do we show people who are listening that like how to find Jesus in every little detail? Definitely. Um, I I love being with, well, for the most of the time I love, um, when it's not a hard day, um, I love just like hanging out with people and talking um, about life. I mean, you do end up talking about Jesus, but you're not like necessarily in a deep Bible study or anything, just like chatting, hanging out. Um, I don't know. Somehow it's like the conversation always turns back to the Lord in some way, even Mm. if it's super tiny. But I think that's a good place to be. Like we should never be ashamed to be like, well, I actually talk about Jesus a lot. Like that's a bad thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) But just hanging out. I don't know. We love to watch. We love to go to the movies. We're like obsessed with going to the movies. Love to play video games. Love to hang with friends. I see. I love. I love that. Like, I think people need to hear. Like, we're not these super spiritual people who have everything figured out. Like, yeah, you can play video games, and Christ can be pleased with you mm-hmm. for the way that you play your video games. Like, that's how big and beautiful God is. Yes. Like, I love that. Everything I love that. you so, do, do it unto the Lord. Yes, exactly. And to like actually believe that, right? For a while, I always felt like when I read my Bible, God was like super pumped, and then when I stopped reading it, He was like, "Fine, go do something else." And I'm like, "I know, I'm sorry." Rather than like, <laughs> "No, all of these things please Him," right? Yeah. And so. I love it. Hey, Hillary Jane, thank you so much for being on the podcast and taking time out of your day to do this. I'm sure you're super busy. So where can people who are listening to this find you, listen to your music, follow you? Like where, where can they find you? Um, you can check out YouTube. It, everything is It's Hillary Jane. So I-T-S, Hillary Jane, um, like on all social media platforms. If you go to Spotify or Apple Music, you can just type in Hillary Jane. It's one word um, and you'll find my music. And yeah, I'm excited. You guys should follow me. <laughs> they, you guys totally should. It's all super, super awesome. And we'll put links in the podcast notes and on Great. our social media where everyone can find you and, and we'll make sure they get everything. So, And then anything you release or you need to, you got new stuff coming out, shoot it over to us and we'll, we'll let everybody know. Okay, so, definitely. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This is great. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right, boys and girls, there it is. Uh, super thankful for its... Uh, for Hillary Jane for being on the podcast. That was, I know, a uh, time out of her day. Um, really important that you guys check out her stuff. Like she has some really solid stuff out there um, when it comes to inductive Bible study, especially if you're not sure what that is, like check out her video. She walks through like how to really walk through the Bible. And so I'd encourage you to check that out. Um, and, and again, if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, review, do whatever the heck you've got to do to make sure other people are listening to this and we're able to use this content to really glorify the Lord. So again, on to the next podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. Keep seeking Jesus. Keep being disciplined and keep remembering the gospel. Man, it is all about the gospel. It is not about a savior that is happy with you when you do things well. It's about a savior who's done everything that was needed for you to be pleasing in his sight. And so rest in that. Enjoy it. Believe it. Rejoice in it. Uh, Yeah. So there it is, guys. On to the next podcast. We'll see you then. Later.